High Vibes and Elevation, good people, and happy Black History Month. Today's bookmark, letting you guys know that the first half of the episode, we will be talking about Nicki Minaj versus Meg the Stallion. If you're not into the rap beef and the drama, you know, please skip to 29 minutes and we'll be talking about what's wrong with being wrong. Mm. I know a lot of y'all and even myself aren't right all the time, so what's wrong with being wrong? Tune in and vibe up. The floor is ours. Flex, flex. Flex, flex. I'll be flexing. I'll be jigging. I'll be jigging straight for Nessa. Hold it down for a nigga. Don't be stressing. Count that money to the ceiling. It's a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. Cause I'll be flexing. High vibes and elevation, good people. High vibes and elevation. Welcome back to The Floor is Ours. I got my brothers with me. We here. Brothers, what's up? What up? What's going on? Everything is everything. Indeed. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Beat you to the punch this week. (laughs) As always, welcome back. Um, You know, we just we're just here to be here. Thank you for all the support as usual. Um, Everybody's been tuning in actually a lot more, and the uh, the video is coming soon. We'll do a little more video bits. Shout out to the people I've been asking. Like, we need to see y'all. We need to see y'all. So, you know, if the people want to see it, go to the next level, and we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that here and there, here and there. Just stay tuned. That's all we ask. Brother Lamar, how, how's your week been? How you feeling, brother? Smooth. It's been actually the smoothest of the smooth. Mm. I've been working from home, so I did not realize how great it is to work from home. Mm. And here's why. So I get two hours of my day back. Okay. And I can go to the gym. And I don't have to rush myself. I don't have to sit in traffic. There's so many different things that I can do now that I wasn't able to do before that I honestly forgot about. Dropping my kids off at school, you know, listening to those little conversations, picking them up from school to where you forget, like, how many things your kids will forget in that short period of time of you getting off at six versus you being free to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, they tell you stories. Hey, dad, this happened. X, Y, and Z. A, B, C happened. Oh, my gosh. Who? Uh, of course, everything in their world is extreme. I mean, and I get to be a part of it. So now I can do all the joking like, oh, I told you you shouldn't have done this. And now I can actually follow up on stories. Sometimes, honestly, with this old man brain, the way it's set up, I forget certain stuff. <laughs> There's like hours that pass by. Like I'll actually start in the morning, forget about it by the evening. But now I'm still sharp because I'm in my prime from like 10 all the way to like 3.30, maybe 4 o'clock. Anything outside of that, don't ask me questions. Don't expect for me to remember anything. I'm pretty much going to look at you. Have you ever seen that meme with Kane from Menace to Society where he's like hyper-focused? Yeah, yeah. That's me. I'm looking right in your face. <laughs> and I ain't remembering a damn thing. But, but yeah, it's been good. I'm here. <laughs> in body only. I'm absent in the mind. Well, so well. don't ask me. Don't expect it. Set your expectations very low. And if your expectations are low, I will always meet them between those hours. <laughs> Jay, my brother. Uh, well, while my brother over here is gaining time in his day, I have lost mine. <laughs> uh, last Wednesday, uh, that baby boy has come into the world, and hey. I'm officially a father of three. So we've been adapting to, to that. Um, and overall, it's I'm loving it. You know, um, kids are loving it. Family's loving it. Uh, my oldest, 
she'll be 10 in March and it's like she's short circuited when she first saw him and every like five to ten minutes he's so cute he's so cute he's so cute the most heard thing I've heard all weekend mm-hmm. with her you know um, the three year old same way just all up in his energy space all the time but mm-hmm. everybody's happy so it's like learning how to adapt and mm-hmm. how to go from being in Aquila's face 24-7 to now having to balance out that time and her getting used to not having that face as much when the baby's involved and stuff. All that's a process, but it's it's been a good process. Like, I'm in a good energy space. Cheers that's, to you, brother. That is dope. Shout out to my the two fathers here holding down three kids each. I still gotta yeah. catch up. But we got six <laughs> babies collectively. Hey, yo, time. <laughs> that's, that's, one, more time. one more time. One more time. Slow sir. down. <laughs> Pop off with twins on the first one. No. <laughs> hey, low key, we gotta be careful because that that is uh, I'm like slowly in line for that. Like mm-hmm. it, it did skip a generation. I think. It, it may be like and these are my cousins but I, I won't say the name to speak in existence but I will Gabby and Drew and myself <laughs> shout out to God but we're like yeah we're the cousins that are in line that, that's, it's highly it's possible it's gonna hit somebody it's possible yeah. and I just learned not too far off um, that there's triplets in there too so who knows but you know we'll, we'll take sister-in-law I'm praying for you yeah Bree, Bree's a twin so <laughs> so we luckily missed that one might suck for the kids. Ooh, but one of them three, yeah. Hey, I'm good. <laughs> you got long three anyway. Granddad's going to be chill, so. <laughs> Drop them off. They can stay for a few hours. Go back home. <laughs> it's been a good week, though. Very good week for How you. How you living? My, oh, no, highly favored. You know, highly favored. More, excuse me, elevation at the job. So, you know, that I'll take that. I'll take that. New Year, stepping into some, um, you know, better opportunities and just growing there. And uh, growing, growing here, my mind is begin into a space of creativity I'll talk to both of you separately and more ideas later for, for the uh, for, for the listeners y'all get tuned in as, as as things get better you don't you know say your ideas too early until you actually start putting work into them and you know then then let the fruit you know bear that labor and all that mm-hmm. so things are in the works um, but everything has been good on my end you know me and the wife are happy so can't complain can't, family's good family's good so fluff <laughs> <laughs> the fluff there it is. <laughs> Won't be too much today, but hot, uh, hot topic is um, Megan the Stallion and Nicki Minaj. And I got to say, there's a high level of disappointment here. Super high level of disappointment here. I'll, uh, I'll just start off with what I think. Um, Megan 1-0. <laughs> what I, if you compare disc records, 1-0. Um, I'm super super rap oriented and and lyrical and um, battle rap is a big thing for me in in hip hop and rap and like people proving who's the best has been something that like I've I've always enjoyed and been in the mix of so um, I critique these things pretty high so uh, Megan did better overall as a diss record Nicki I don't know what (laughs) I didn't go listen to any of the blogs from what I've heard uh, but she did the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do when you rap so back in the day it was more so you go rap and then you can do your talking in the song if you choose to and then mm-hmm. do talking afterwards and she's not far off from that era Nikki decided to do her talking first she's she's six foot I call her Bigfoot y'all it's, it, she's Bigfoot and then you got on the track and six foot I call her it's Bigfoot and, then, and I'm like wait but you just so that you just she put said, her foot in her, she put that big foot in her mouth she sure did uh, <clears throat> <laughs> one thing I will say 
Uh huh. I actually was hyped for this. And it's it's battle rap. The battle rap okay. in me, um, <laughs> it's always going to hit. Like, right. I, I remember when Drake was doing battle rap before he got big. And I prefer that Drake, personally. Um, Nikki, when she first came out, we know the type of shit she was on. Like, you know, the Biggie Warning remix. Uh-huh. Need I Say More. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, what was the... Um, I can't remember the one. It was something with the with the piggy bank or something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember the beat. I, I can't yeah. remember. The, I know what you're talking about. I know yeah. when she was on that one, that was one of those, like, it's done. She you're, can rap. There's nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like, she can rap. So I was hyped because, like, I got when she transitioned to the more pop stuff. I was like, all right, cool. But right. that's not my thing. So mm-hmm. she can go over there. So when I saw this happening, I'm like, oh, we about to get vintage rap Nikki like just one song I'll be good it, it's gonna yeah. feel good and I even went and, and you know I sat down with my wife and I was like yo let's listen to the Meg Thee Stallion song the day before it came out cause I wanted to be ready fresh on my head I wanna know what she talking about I wanna know what she responding to what blah 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 so I can catch everything then the song come out it to me it felt like wine drunk at 4am when she and, and, and that's the time that she heard the Mag rec- record and said, "Hell no, turn the track on." Right there, and then freestyled everything. That's what it feel like. That's why, like when I think about how you said she started off talking, I feel like this was recorded that same night when, <laughs> when she was when she was just, she's Bigfoot. I call her Bigfoot. Like I feel like that's the same. She was just in that energy space. Like maybe she had just come off the recording before she did the live to prep people or mm-hmm. however that mindset was. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I was severely disappointed. Um, and the only redemption I can see for my type of fan base like you know maybe there's some other people that like it or whatever <laughs> but the only redemption I can see is if no question she hit the Drake back to back and that second one is straight out of New York mm. that's the only way <laughs> and when I say straight out of New York it has to be bar for bar you stop and turn your head like push a T take a break and yeah. you hear this mm-hmm. that's what it has to be to me because there is no reason on any part of this world in any part of this round that Meg should have outclassed Nicki Minaj bar for bar I don't believe that personally knowing Nicki's capabilities over the years and what Meg has put out since she's been out that shouldn't have happened it shouldn't have you know what so I'll be fair I'm not a fan of either so I will defer to you talking about like prom Nicki I wasn't a fan during the the battle rap. I wasn't a fan of really the pop either. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Megan Thee Stallion in any iteration of how she raps, whether it's the pop, whether it's the hardcore rap. That's just that's just not my thing. So I had no expectations <laughs> when I saw they were beefing, and I looked at it out of boredom. So I was like, hey, you know what? I've seen like 15 memes now. Let me just go ahead and listen. So I listened to his first. And as I'm listening to it, I'm looking at all of my friends and all the, well, I'll say friends loosely, all of the people that are on my Facebook that were talking about it. I'm reading through the comments. Oh my gosh, she ate, eat, yep, snap, fingers, all this stuff. So I'm like, man, <laughs> as I'm listening to it. And I'm trying to get into it. I'm like, eh, you know. This was not for me. And I'm okay with that. And then I go listen to the other song. It's like, 
ooh, this is even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I had no expectations before, but ooh, this was bad. Um, and then I've never really been a, whole, a fan of the making weird ass voices as you're rapping and stuff. Uh, the it, animation. It sounds like a, a bad, like, horror bedtime story like when, uh, no, in the Nikki's verse like she was going in and out of pockets and then like when I was just hearing it saying, she'll be rapping and I'm like and I ain't got that thing I ain't got that thing and you can see her doing the animations rolling her eyes and all this extra shit <laughs> I'm jiggles. like bruh come on I said, oh, but the funniest thing was more so of like the, the comments from people that are like either Megan fans or Nikki fans I don't even know what they call themselves I, I think Nikki's are what Barb's and I don't know what Megan's fans are because I'm not really mm-hmm. I don't know I'm not really connected to that but just reading it like and people were like really going back and forth like in heated arguments and debates over something I'm like damn y'all got too much free time like <laughs> I get it I get it that's your people but like when you have a no dog in the fight like okay so I love when you have energy because I'm a I'm a high energy person. Mm-hmm. I love when you can channel that energy and make the casual person respect what you have to say. Like, because mm-hmm. I was definitely a, a casual person listening to it because I, I wasn't really favoring either way. I don't really care. So when I walked into it, I was like, oh man, you make me like you in this right, verse. You got a chance. Mm-hmm. You have a chance because I don't really give a fuck about either one of you. Mm-hmm. So make me like this. I listen. Yeah, I guess Megan won by default, but like it wasn't by a wide margin. It wasn't like no. a, you you said some shit. Now I don't even think "Hit 'Em Up" was lyrically the best like uh, beef song, but listening to it, the energy, the beat, everybody's all ah, ah, ah. and maybe I might be biased because I'm a Tupac fan. Who knows? It's some people that don't like perfect. Tupac's record either. But it hit everything. Disrespectful. You can play it in the club. <laughs> you can play it while you, while you ride. Like, for me, I never think that I'm going to listen to either one of those records, primarily because most of the subject matter, I just don't feel comfortable. Well, I don't feel comfortable. I just don't want to. Like, I'm not going to ride down the car, ride down the street with some of the shit they say in the record. That's just not for me. But mm-hmm. respect, uh, Megan, you won. Uh, again, I, you, you didn't win like by a wide margin. It was really like a a seventh game. You won four three <laughs> with a point in the fourth quarter. So I, I think that's the worst part for me because like realistically, Mag had like a couple lines in there. That was not a full diss song. It was Mm-mm. it was a couple, and it wasn't even all for Nikki. It yeah, was one it was scattered. It was one line. Yeah. And you failed to respond to the one line. You lost to you one line. You gave a whole song in response to one line and still lost. Terrible. And like, lost. When you talk about those inflections and things, like, and I think, because ultimately, I don't know what the actual personal shit is between them. And I don't really care. I'm a rap fan. So mm-hmm. I like rap. Mm-hmm. So anytime you rap and I'm listening and stuff. But it's like, when I, when it comes to like her inflections, for example, like, the, the inflections used to be timely. That mm-hmm. was part of her characteristics when she came into the game was the fact that she came in with this gutter rap, right. but she could hit you with those timely random shifts and in inflections mm-hmm. that changed the vibe and stuff. And it was interesting because nobody was doing it and nobody was doing it effective or as effective as her for a long time. What was the next one? Like, 
Cardi B with a couple sound effects here and there. Yeah. Like, but nobody's really hit that pocket. So to hear her come in this, and this is her product. She created this. And to execute it so terribly after being so good at it for so long. I don't think it, like, so certain things don't age well. And listening to the, the content of her music, mm-hmm. it did not age well. Like, some shit ages like milk, some ages like wine. And when I listen to that, like, if she would have released that same track in what, like 2006, 2007, people would have been like, oh my gosh. But I, for, as a casual, now again, y'all are, <laughs> this is just from a casual perspective, because I'm, I'm not a, a rap fan the way you guys are. Like, I, I listen to rap. I listen to it more not so for critical, me sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Not, not yeah, hypercritical. Right. Like, if I'm really being honest, I'll probably throw on some 90s, like New Jack Swing. That's probably what I'm listening to. I'm stuck in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, when I when I listen to it, I'm like, well, damn, it's the same shit Nicki used to do in, in 06. But it's different when you do something outside of your prime mm-hmm. versus when you do something. Now, was the record great? No. But it had the same elements of success for her from like way back. But she's also outside of her prime. Megan's popping right now. So for a random or just a casual person, she was going to lose anyway just because she's 40 plus years old trying to be for the 26-year-old who's at the prime of her career. Who really gives a shit? Don't nobody really care? Like It's just like with if Jay, not Jay-Z. Let me use a different rapper. Who's an old rapper right now that, that was popping in the 90s, maybe the early 2000s? Um, Andre three. Yeah, about to see nah, like, I can't he's, he's him. too clean. He's yeah, too clean. Too clean. I, 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 the first <laughs> person that came to my mind too. Uh, but let me, Ludacris. All right, let's say Ludacris. Say. Mm-hmm. Let's say if Ludacris was beefing right now with Twenty One Savage. Twenty One Savage is at the peak of his career now. If we had to evaluate primes, is Ludacris's prime better than Twenty One Savage's? I mean, if you look at the numbers, for sure. Yeah. But if you look at if you're a prisoner of the moment, if you have a recency bias, if anybody's listening to the episode, um, then. You're going to say 21 Savage. But, I mean, clearly if Ludacris gets on the record, he's going to be better. Better flow, better timing, better lyrics. He's a better, he can rap better. Yeah, right. But overall, sometimes if you have the energy and if you have the, the, if you're capturing people's eyes and attention, they don't really care about what's the best. They care about what's the most entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I think Megan's song was more entertaining, had a little bit more energy. Do I? I think Nikki probably can rap better than her, right? Okay. And I'm saying probably again as a, as anybody as a Nikki or a Megan fan, please don't take my words to the heart because I don't really <laughs> give a fuck about either one of them. But that's just from my perspective, from the outside looking in. Yeah, I just um, I don't know. As a veteran, I think you should, you definitely should have moved smarter than that. Like you lost to one line, like them, and that, that's that's hurtful. Like a whole verse, you lost to one line. You spoke about it, then you like you went overboard. In uh, in the lives and the blogs about what you're talking about, as far as like her her, her mother that passed, and I thought that was corny. That was mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, I, I this this yeah, and like there there is that realm of yes, yeah, she said something about your husband. That's 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 true. That's true. But you know, and and that is your rock. You stood by it. So like, I guess when you do that and you attack the family, you open all doors. There is a room for that. I understand. But it's like it was always that you know, mm-hmm. mom's gone. He's still here. You know, right. there's, there's still a difference. Mom's died from cancer, right? I think yeah, something close yeah, to that. She that's, that's, that's you don't do that. Like, yeah, you know. and it's it's I, th- I think it's not planned either. Like that's when I talk about the drunk stuff. Like I really do feel like she was drunk yeah, and emotional when she mm-hmm. made this song because mm-hmm. when I talk about like even if we were to consider like um, maybe she's just stuck in her ways and this song was just showing that her ways are outdated like some of that is true but like 
personally, I feel like she's more comfortable with landing certain things in pockets that she wasn't comfortable with before. She was more selective with her approaches back then. This song just felt like she was just doing whatever came to mind in the moment and just let it flow. And all the talking feels like cleanup and, and further explanation because she knows this was sloppy work <laughs> versus what she normally does. Like when I look at the ludicrous comparison, um, like I do agree to an extent, like with 21 specifically, yeah, it, it'd probably be a little more difficult for him to come over the hump. But like I also saw when Cat Williams did all that stuff. Ludacris did a little 16 response and that 16 response was 10 times better than anything that he just did so if Luda did come out with a diss track track today at minimum it would still match the energy that he put out before it might not get the same numbers and attention but it would at least match what you expect from Ludacris so that's where it's like for me it's disappointing because it's like I didn't super care about what y'all had going on in the first place Mm -hmm. I was excited because of the art and then I come here and you just bailed on the art because you wanted to say this or do that or you just wanted to stab at somebody's family and stuff like that. Like, I was hoping for creativity and I didn't feel like any of that was there. Right. She didn't took all that talking and, and rap first. And That's, showed her yeah. you're the better artist because she is still doing numbers. Like, Or, instead of doing that, like, keep it in the pocket that best fits you. Like, for example, let's take it back a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months ago when Drake and Buttons were were uh, beefing. Mm-hmm. Drake did the smartest thing that you could possibly do. So if I want to be at my peak and not have to lose, I have to attack you in a way that you can't go back and forth with me on. There was no way Joe could go back and forth in terms of like words, like typing. Like with what Drake said, you can label it a lot of different things, but a lot of it had a lot of poison or whatever you want to call it. So I heard somebody say "sass." I hate using "sass" to describe <laughs> men that are that are hetero. That's the, I, I hate using like derogatory things to describe black men. That's just I don't like doing that. But there was a lot of venom there, and that's the only way you're gonna win. He ain't gonna beat him in a, a, a sixteen, a hot sixteen. Probably not because Joe's word plays crazy. I'm not a Joe fan, but I can respect. His his art. Mm-hmm. Drake wasn't gonna win that. Nikki, you were winning that because people were laughing. Like I saw some of the comments. I was like, oh damn, Nikki really in her bag right now. Six Nikki. foot, big foot. Don't put that in the actual song. But like, you should have kept that shit on Twitter, and you probably would have won. Because all, all the promo was. Yeah, fire. you should have just stayed in that pocket. Because <laughs> Megan could have dropped all the bars she wanted to. I would have been like, ha ha. You still ain't got a plaque. Like, I'm going to antagonize the hell out of you. I'm going to make you even matter. She dropped that high 16 and still ain't went double platinum. You still ain't hit this because all of my highest achievements are in my past. You're in your prime and you're still working towards doing shit. I can't match that. But these bars, the shit I did from before, I'm living in those moments. I'm Every time you post a picture, ha, ha, bitch, or whatever. Like, you can't do this, woo, woo, woo. Like, that's what I would have You could have the, took the 50 cent approach and just yeah. put a whole, on a whole bunch of pictures of, like, Bigfoot. And <laughs> that would have been funny, though. Exactly. Like, 50 would clown you and, and beat you, and you'd be rapping your heart out, and he'll just... And he ain't dropping drop one line. line. <laughs> He's just clown you. That moment's over. Thanks for right rap. back to the money. It's a wrap. What Draymond said, you think they love you? <laughs> you think you're getting a farewell tour? So. You ain't Kobe. And that's fair. Like, if she had went that route, she would have been in full. Because you got to think, where did my hype come from? Not knowing anything about them. Mm-hmm. I saw the picture. And I saw the Bigfoot analogy. And I was like, oh, no. She's, She's about to go off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, my sister told me the, the, the comment of, get back on your good foot. That's funny. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Run no. Like, about to go. And then ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> 
Well, you gave us all your best lines in the promo. Like <laughs> your only line in the promo. Like, Honestly, it was better as a tweet. Yes. Yeah. You could but have. I want to say this though. Like, so, so I'm gonna be super conscious for a second. This rarely happens. Not that it does, but sometimes. All right. So I hate seeing my people beef over stupid stuff, especially black women or black men. Like, there's so many other people that are already trying to tear us down. If you make it to a point to where you can uplift and bring other people up. Bro, there's so many other things you could do. Like, you can, like, privately disagree. Because I'm sure whatever it is that y'all were going through, sisters, it was really not worth all of that. You exchanging wordplay. You, like, calling each other out of your names and all this other extra stuff. Like, all jokes aside, there was really so many different ways you could have handled this. The biggest disappointment from Nikki was not that she created a record or she had hot Twitter fingers. Bro, you like, well, sis, you're like, what, 45, 44? Mm-hmm. Bro, you done lived a really long life. You could have tucking this this young and under your wing. She's like 25, 26, whatever. I don't know her age. But I know she's youngish. Like, bro, this would have been an opportunity for you to really, like, show your maturity, show your growth. But you still on that Roman Reloader from 06. So, I mean, all joking aside, that's just how I was looking at it. And that's probably why I wasn't overly invested into it. I'm like, bro, you too old for this. Like, if y'all were both in your early 20s, or if I was in my early 20s, it would have hit different. Bro, I'm 32. I don't want to listen to y'all beefing. Like, I'm skipping that record. Yeah, like I said, it's it's, it's cool for the art. Like, I, I like better for the art because people are going to say stuff regardless. But if you could turn it into art form and then leave it there at some point, you know, that it's it, it's been a thing forever. So that you're not, you are attacking each other and kind of like taking away from somebody's character in, in a sense. But at least it stays there and it's not at the certain point. Nikki should have took like Joe's approach like you just said with the typing mm-hmm. when Drake typed that all thing up Joe was just like you'll learn when you get older yep, like, yep. perfect response and leave it perfect response like yeah what Drake said was funny but what you said aged and then mm-hmm. the man went and changed his record and made a whole thing of like what you were saying so mm-hmm. it's like at the end of the day was, he won like, yeah. <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe definitely won that oh yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe won that being, being grown just like you'll learn when you get older like <laughs> cool so I think what's interesting about that particular beef is like Joe when they beefed the first time right after the Meek Mill thing Joe dropped three mm-hmm. tracks and I would argue that he would have won that mm-hmm. had Drake engaged with the mm-hmm. tracks yeah, yeah. which Drake did not nope. he gave he gave he gave pressure to Meek on like back literally back to back he gave pressure to Meek when Joe showed up he didn't say one word mm-hmm. as a matter of fact when Meek finally figured it out got came back and what he put like a four song project out he did, yeah. and he did way better in his response to Drake he did it's just too late at I'm that just, point no one cares I've already, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already up 2-0 I'm just gonna ignore the rest of it I'm prisoner back of the, the moment yep. so back, it's back like see yep. so it's like Joe came in and just casually showed like you're not gonna beat me on the rap thing Drake left it alone Rerouted, came back in an angle that he was more comfortable in, mm-hmm. and Joe still casually beat him in that area too. Like, <laughs> on the back end. Yeah. And like, you don't hear nothing from Joe's side about no. doing that. That's the most interesting part mm-hmm. about, to me, about the growth aspect of that. Like, mm-hmm. he'll talk shit on his show every once in a while, and I'm sure that oh, on the yeah. Patreon, there's plenty of extra talk mm-hmm. there too. But as a whole, there's like not a lot of people that talk about that side of it. Like, mm-hmm. he casually secured himself both times in this conflict mm-hmm. yeah. with one of the biggest names in the game. And it's just, it just, it, if anything, it just stalemated. He's not hurting Drake's career no, at all. No, no. Drake can just ignore it and go back to normal. Right. But it's like Joe made sure that it didn't hurt him either. Right. right. Joe did. <laughs> Joe's a mosquito that has 
What is it called? Uh, um, Will you live forever? What is that called? Um, Immo- what, immortality? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's as a mosquito. That's what he has. He can, can swat him away. He might hit him. He walks away almost like the roach syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> You comparing him some yeah. crazy? Those, that's that's feel, low, bro. Those, those, those feel real close to that sassy comment. <laughs> I ain't gonna tear a black man down, but that mosquito over there, that, like, roach. <laughs> that won't die. <laughs> I'm speaking like purely from his like uh, career aspect. Because <laughs> that nigga can be aggravating sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe said his time too. Oh man. <laughs> Hey, the fluff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> On shit. that note, wait, the fluff. We'll be back. Welcome back to The Floor is Ours, where we are going to get in a better space. <laughs> now, we're already still in the good space, but uh, we just high-vibing, high-vibing. But we're going to time to vibe up, get into the, the main subject of the day. But before we do that, as always, we're going to take our three deep breaths on me. So we'll start in. Out. In. Out. Last one in. And out. If you weren't before, you are now on the same vibe, the same frequency as the floor is ours. Thank you for always being here. Thank you for the full support. Um, rocking with us as we continue to grow, continue to be consistent and moving forward. And we have now the main subject of the day. Um, I give credit to to Jay for this one because uh, we had a separate conversation a few weeks back, maybe a month now ago, and he had said something that still stuck out to me, um, even like just throughout the days. But Jay had said to me one time in, in conversation, "What's wrong with being wrong?" And that one just uh, I I apply it and I, I look at like a lot of people for what's wrong with actually like it being wrong. And somebody will say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not right. I like being right, Xavier. I don't like being wrong. I don't like being in a position where, like, <laughs> somebody could teach me because I was already a child. <laughs> my parents corrected me. I'm grown now. I know what I need to do within my life. I can move and coordinate myself as an adult. Cool. Bravo. Bravo. I understand that. Does that make you right all the time? <laughs> because, because you think that you're an adult. Right. No. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll admit, you know, being wrong doesn't feel good, you know, especially when you think you know something and mm-hmm. then, you know, somebody comes around and it's like, look, nah, <laughs> it's actually not correct. You mm-hmm. know? But I think that you need to fall into a space of being able to admit, one, I'm wrong, and um, take accountability into. All right, well, what's the right answer? Where where can I where did I go wrong? What 
what do I need to do now? But what we see in a lot of now is people fighting against being wrong. Like it's like, <laughs> you know, ready at, at the hinge. As soon as you like, well, that's not right. Well, why isn't it? Like defense comes up super quick, mm. super quick. And it's not even a moment like, oh man, well, why not? Like, oh, what's this understanding? Not trying to learn. It's more so like I needed my defense up and prove to me that I'm wrong. How? Right. How am I wrong? See, when I, when I hear it, I feel like there's a lot of different little pockets that go behind that. Like, so I feel like some people struggle with being wrong if they don't necessarily respect the person that's presenting them the information and they get so caught up in the the messenger, they, they miss out on the message, even if it could be productive for them to grow. So like I was having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago and it turned into a felt like we were at war well really the other person was at war i'm merely just trying to give you a solution to or not even a solution but a different way of looking at how you're looking at certain stuff and immediately the person was like well i do a b c d e f g why are you saying this it's like well me making a suggestion or pointing out something is not an attack on your character like you can be an amazing person and then have other areas that you can grow in and if a person's willing to receive that then you're good Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it also has to do with like ego Mm -hmm. um, how they see themselves insecurities and sometimes you as the messenger have to make sure you package whatever it is especially if you're dealing with somebody that may be slightly sensitive towards certain subjects if you really want them to to grow or to receive the message that you're trying to give it you have to speak to them in a way that they can receive it like Mm -hmm. it you just can't treat everybody the same and expect everyone to receive whatever message you're trying to give Mm -hmm. everybody's not like oh hey I'm cool with you telling me I'm wrong in public. Some people you gotta pull them to the side. You ain't they're not kids, but you gotta treat them with kid gloves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> it's an interesting topic for me because I don't feel like um I don't feel like I've ever been one of those people who doesn't like being wrong. But what I have been is somebody who's very vocal when he feels like he's right. You know, and I think that's <laughs> that's put me in situations where people feel like exactly how we're talking. Like he just wants to be right all the time. Like he's not comfortable with being wrong and blah, blah, blah. And it's like I've never been that. But I remember like when I was younger, people used to ask a lot, like, why do you, you just want to be right all the time? Don't you? Blah, 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 blah. And at first I was like, no, that's not what it is. This is just, you know, this matters to me or I think this or blah, 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 whatever the reason was at the time. But I'm like, because it sounded bad, like. Being wanting to be right all the time sounded bad. That's how people presented it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be right all the time. But then I got to a certain point, maybe in my early 20s, where I was like, I do want to be right all the time. You know, why wouldn't you want to be right if you have the opportunity to be right? But the thing is, it's different for me because I'm always open to new information if I'm wrong. You just have to show me I'm wrong. That's the only thing, you know, and and it's easy with the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like we've gotten loud with each other and had disagreements and disputes. But like we know it's just us getting loud and it's not, you know, anything deep. So we're able to continue through these conversations. And sometimes somebody changed their mind or sometimes after 30, 45 minutes of us going back and forth, it's all right, whatever, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you know, we've had both of those, but we're able to have those engagements and stuff. So it's like, 
it always made me uncomfortable when people would talk like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, why do you want to be right? And I'm like, why don't you want to be right? Why can't we have this conversation and figure out like who's right and who's wrong so we know mm-hmm. like who's right moving forward? Prove to me I'm wrong so that I can make sure I'm right next time I'm in this conversation, you know? But I, I guess it all goes back to what you said with most people. It goes back to ego, you know? The last person I had that, con- that type of conversation with where I asked that question, um, like what's wrong with being wrong to you their response was because it feels like you're not addressing your side or mm-hmm. being accountable of yourself and i'm like is that all you know that's being wrong is so uncomfortable only because you think that i'm not addressing where i'm wrong mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. to me it's like accountability it starts at home so it's like if I'm wrong, I'd rather you show me up front. Like, show me I'm wrong. You got to show me because <laughs> I will fight you. If I feel like I'm right, I will go back with you. But that's also why I explain myself so that you can pick at where I'm wrong at. Oh, well, that's how you jump to that conclusion. Well, let me show you why this is the right way mm-hmm. so that I can move better down the line. You know, it's really... Um, I guess it's really difficult for a lot of people to get to that point mm-hmm. because it's a humbleness that you've kind of got to have with everybody not just with who you want to have it right you know like it's easier for me to say that now but like i'm sure there was a point in time where the only people i was listening to like i'm sure there was actually a time in my life where the only person i listened to was you anybody else like (laughs) you know i'd be i'd I'd be on my bs with everything i'm mad at the world i'm this and that and anybody try to tell me this yeah whatever bro i'm out here you know whatever and then when I sit down with X and I talk to him about it, he point out something. Now I feel kind of uncomfortable because I understand X's standard for himself and I understand how he views the rest of us. So when he says like, yo, you know, you might be a little out of line for that one. It hit a little different because it's like, you know, I know he think at least. So <laughs> See, I think that's, that's an interesting perspective. X, I'm gonna let you go and then I'll say something. Yeah, I, I think. Um yeah, I got a lot to say on it too. So just remember, please, bro. Um, the one thing that I, that stood out and you just kind of hit it on the head too is where uh, it's when I did mention like the accountability aspects. I think it's hard to have conversations with people that don't know how to accept being wrong, which is a big thing. Because mm-hmm. um, you can you can definitely show somebody with a wrong, and they'll still won't accept it. That's the big the biggest thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have a conversation of you being the one that that can be held accountable for the actions, and like you said, you explain yourself to them, like, hey, look, this is where I'm coming from. You know, the the big thing or big red flag you look for is the person that that sticks to that. Oh well, here's where you're wrong. Here's where you're wrong. And the thing that when you said that, it, it popped into my mind was like, look, now everything turns to how it's still your fault, and you're still missing the accountability. Where was I wrong in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that that kind of stood out for me. So that's why um, when I the standard I do hold for myself is try to always remain open, and I do look at you know where was I wrong in this situation? You know, so if I am coming and letting you know about something like hey look uh, this wasn't the right way to do it you know um this could be a little better i always do look at myself as well like okay well you know could i have done better in this situation did i do everything i needed to do to make sure you know this this went right and if i am wrong i'm always open to being corrected in a sense you know what i mean like i'm i know i'm not going to be right i'm okay with being wrong i can accept that i'm always not going to be right it took time to get here because wanting to be right like you said is just it's human nature you know nobody wants to walk around and just blab about the mouth and nothing you say is true because what nobody's gonna listen to you the one episode like what you just said um 
depends on who's packaging it and where they're coming from. I think we spoke about um, um, some type of level of success a very early episode, and we were like, if some if a bum off the street came up to you and was told, you remember that bum off the street came up and was telling you oh, how you should do with your life, your first initial reaction was like, nah, like look at you, bro, like you, <laughs> you sleeping with your with you're your not co- the one, you sleeping <laughs> under, the, under the bus stop with a comforter, you can't tell me nothing. Instead of like you know he actually been through probably what you just mm-hmm. what you've seen and what you're going through and maybe what he's telling you is the reason why he's there but you know you're so closed off to I'm not going to end up like you you're not in a spot that I want to be in I can't hear anything that you have to say so you're automatically just wrong <laughs> you know what I mean so it, like you said there's a lot of pockets to dig in and we hit a few more while we're, while we're here too but go ahead brother so what I was thinking was um let me dig back and see where I was going. Should have wrote it down. <laughs> but um, piggybacking on the uh, the earlier episode of like, will you receive certain information from certain people? Um, I was thinking about how I am now versus how I was before. And every once in a while, I may still get in that same bag. But now I'm a lot more open to listening to conversations from a lot of different people. Um just because I've had to check a lot of different things with my ego. So I try to put my ego in the back seat because sometimes my ego may not be a true reflection of how I feel. It's really me saying I'm afraid to show you my real responses or my raw responses in this moment. So I have to give you a character. Uh, sometimes we create characters to survive. Like you could be at a job that you don't really like and you have to get into a whole different pocket to, to survive. Or you could be like a, an entertainer that transforms on stage and becomes this outrageously cool and creative person almost like when I was listening to one of your records we were laughing about this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. like your energy on a record is not who you are in everyday life you're pretty chill that record was energy was fire I thought he was about to go shoot somebody out <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me it's understanding that I don't always have to come out I'm not going to say oh you know what never mind I'll redirect it so for me, it's not so much about being right or wrong, but can I grow from the situation? So that's usually like how I try to interact with people. Like, hey, I'm coming to you not trying to make you feel bad about the route that you went, but here's like other perspectives and here's other avenues that you can go on. And assuring you that this is not an attack on like who you are as a person. And that takes a lot of digging, a lot of counseling, a lot of healing. We were talking earlier about like, watching someone heal being a part of somebody's healing understanding that you may have a message for somebody but you may not be the person that can give them that Mm -hmm. message and you have to understand that and you have to also respect the boundaries of what someone is giving you like sometimes it's not so much of them being wrong it's just you can't give them that message and I, I was thinking about that as we were talking it's like Sometimes we're so dead set on if if I have the message for you, I see that you're wrong. I feel that you're wrong. I can help correct you. And then you think the person's like, well, I don't really need you to correct me. Mm-hmm. What's your assignment in my life? Like, what is your title? Like, are you working within the title of my life that I've given you? Or are you trying to overperform and overachieve and do some things to try to get some extra credit because you really like me? Nah keep filing those papers. <laughs> you don't got to do this other stuff. So that's another thing is sometimes when we're trying to point out someone else being wrong, we have to check our own ego and understand that they may be wrong, but you can't be the person to correct them or give them an alternative because mm-hmm. they don't want that from you. No matter how right you are, no matter what you're saying, no matter what you're doing, 
they will refuse to take it from you, like talking to a wall. Mm-hmm. I tell you, man, um, <clears throat> just an example to piggyback off of that. Like when I look at my relationship with my first child's mother and my relationship with my now wife, one of the biggest differences when me and her were dating, we were just two people trying to correct each other while not correcting ourselves effectively. So it's like, I'm seeing what's wrong with her and I'm trying to tell her, but all she see is everything that's wrong with me Mm. that I'm not adequately addressing. Maybe because I don't understand it as such or whatever the justification Mm. is at the time. She's got the same justifications. Why am I going to work on myself if it looked like he ain't working on his, blah, 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 blah. So the one thing I did different in this relationship is when we got into our hardships and we had to start cleaning up, the first thing I did was clean myself up. I sat back for two, three days like, what am I adding to this negatively, blah, blah, blah. And I came back and just started focusing on those things and little by little being better. And now, like, I haven't perfected it by any means, but, like, in terms of communication and stuff, like, I've learned how to slow down enough. So it's like sometimes I might have, you know, we might have some situations and I don't speak up immediately. But, like, why I don't speak up immediately these days is because I'm actively trying to look at, like, you know, sometimes when you're in your emotions and your ego, you only look at what they're doing or what's affecting Mm -hmm. you or what you don't like, blah, blah, blah. And I slow down. And it's like, is there something I'm doing that could be making this harder or is there something I could be doing that would actually alleviate the situation and then when we go and have our conversation it's easy for me to go hey I know I wasn't this this and here or or I wasn't this this and this in this pocket you know I want you to work on this this and this in that pocket but I also need to work here so I'm not you know I'm not attacking you blah 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 and doing that over time like you know we still had our back and forth every once in a while but like we've gotten to a point now where it's like we don't even really argue like we might have little tense moments Mm -hmm. every now and then but it's like we've both gotten comfortable in the understanding that neither one of us is attacking the other we want the situation to be better you know it took me humbling myself and saying I'm wrong first Even if I believe that the other situation was more important or blah, 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 Mm -hmm. I had to be able to say, because that eliminates that whole conversation. It's like a natural mindset when you're talking about survival. Survival is individual. Individual, it's selfish at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. you're defending yourself. When somebody comes at you about what you're doing wrong, your Mm -hmm. first instinct, well, what what about you? (laughs) So it's like the fact that I can come up up front and be like, this is what about me? But we still need to work on this as well. It just made everything better because it's like now it's like I can show you I'm not attacking you. If I'm attacking you, I'm doing the same to myself. This it's the is eight mile syndrome. You know, like, <laughs> let me list everything out first. Let me show you what. But it's, it, it, it's it's such a beautiful spot because now it's like she does it back. My kids are starting to understand that, mm-hmm. so they're having the patience a little bit more. Like it's slow, but it's it's starting to show itself, and it starts here. You know, it starts with me. Um, I think uh, with having the new son, I think that's the biggest thing that that stood out to me Mm because I was trying to figure out, I was talking to Alan today actually, like I was trying to figure out something felt different, but I couldn't pinpoint what was different about having a boy versus having a girl. And I think what it was for me at least was like when I had my first two girls, 
the instinct that popped up was protectiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to take care of them. I need to keep them safe. I need to prepare them for the perils of the world and so on and so forth. But Mm -hmm. with the sun, where my mind went, where the energy shifted, it was, I need to be better. That was just it. Because he's going to follow my example. You know, my two daughters, they'll learn things from me and, you know, they'll experience things and, you know, I'll do my best to teach them what a good man should look like, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. But ultimately, the person they're going to be emulating and and watching after is their mothers, you know, because they're women. You know what I'm saying? They are going to know more about what you're dealing with than your father's going to. But with my son, it's like he's he's a male like me. So he's going to be looking at me differently than how they look at me. So it's like. If I want to teach him how to be a certain way, I actually have to be that. And ultimately, I have to be that for all the kids, period. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the activation of that thought process was different between the two of them. And I think that was the difference there. Like, I think ultimately, both those perspectives lead to being better as a person. But both of them came in very mm-hmm. different pockets to me. Um, but it all it comes back to accountability. Like, it's just you have to be as I guess as true to yourself as you possibly can and I feel like being true to yourself means also being humble enough to recognize when Mm -hmm. you're coming up short whatever it may be you know Um, especially when it comes to your family and dealing with other people you care about because what might be coming up short to them might not be coming up short to you and that's where that divide starts where mm-hmm. they feel like they're right you feel like you're right you're like well everything I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing but to them it's not now you got a way out like if this is somebody I truly value maybe I should learn why it's wrong to them now, I still feel like I'm right but who knows mm-hmm. listening to that conversation listening to them say what they say they might pull out something where it's like yeah I was still right but I could also do this you know what I'm saying <laughs> as a minimum fact. you know that's like, a fact. <laughs> yeah, and then like uh, I, I like definitely what you said there. As far as like how you said your son's gonna be watching, mm-hmm. I think it goes the same way with like, when you're in your relationship too. If you become more open, more accountable about like the actions that you're taking, that it's only sh- doesn't just show that you know you're being responsible, but it also shows that you care. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're always on the defense and trying to see what's wrong with the other person, like like you said, always trying to correct somebody, you know, you're not showing that you're open to understand that like, hey, I see where you're coming from. Here's where I'm coming from. So the more you stay open, the more you take accountability for your wrongs, it it opens up and it doesn't leave room for anybody else to be more so like, well, you don't do that. You know, you don't do this. Imagine somebody that comes back that's open all the time, right? And can acknowledge their wrongs, i.e. us, right? Mm -hmm. So any conversation I take past this point, if I'm always arguing with somebody and each time I can take acceptance in where I'm wrong and I verbally express it, you know what? Yes, you're right. At this point, I, I was wrong. Here, we could do better here. And that person is always saying the, okay, yeah, you could have been better. You could have been better. You could have done this. You could have done this. And there's not one time in that conversation that you stopped and you were like, oh, I could have been better here. Long story short, after a while, you know, it, even from the outside perspective, it's going to look like, okay, you, you can't take any type of like accountability <laughs> at all. Like there's, there's nothing there for you. So like 
I, one big thing, one big stand I hold for myself, like I did say before, I mentioned earlier, is remaining open to be ex- accepting of where you're wrong. My wife, my friends are going to always show me a point, and I can trust them to show me a point that I'm not always going to be right, and I need to be open for you to show me wrong. And if I can open, be open to accept that and show that I can be better, any relationship or anybody that's like intertwined with me doesn't have the room to not do that. And, and if if you can't do that, there's no long-lasting relationship within it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you set that standard, that standard has to be met. It's, and you, it wants to be met. Anybody that wants to be better is going to look at you and be like, oh, you can hold yourself accountable. Like, maybe I need to hold myself a little more accountable, too. You know what I'm saying? He took into what I said into consideration, made the changes. You know, I need to do the same. If you care, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's anybody that's in, like, in a dating phase, in a in friendship phase. It doesn't have to be anything. Anybody that's your intertwined with or you consider close in your circle if there's no type of openness to accept uh, any type of critique or showing where you're wrong in an area you're you're wrong and it's it's gonna it's gonna lead to one a not good relationship kind of something we were talking about earlier and i'm thinking of Mm -hmm. and you're you're limiting yourself you know what i mean so it's it's not going to work with anybody ultimately and if it does work with somebody it's going to be somebody that has the same type of view as you do i want to correct there's nothing wrong with me i want to correct there's something wrong with me and that's i.e your toxic relationships nobody learning from each other nobody even learning about themselves you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a it's a really it's a deep pocket when you think about it and like I can understand why you know we said earlier people want to be don't want to be wrong it's almost like the same type of fear of like failure you know because wrong I do think in, in some sense to somewhere is failure to somebody when you're not right you're wrong when you don't succeed you fail you know so it's like I think it goes within that pocket of what we try to avoid just naturally uh, but you, you just got to be accepting towards it. Nobody has figured everything out in life <laughs> and you're not going to because we're not all the same you know what I mean so you better see and learn. I think you have to balance it though. Like the same way, um, what's wrong with being wrong? I don't always want to be wrong. So I feel like that also goes into the pocket of when you recognize that someone is right in a situation, you have to give that same praise when an acknowledgement of the right that they're doing in situations too. Because if you're a presenter of wrong all the time, mm-hmm. it com- becomes so much easier for that person to resent you because it almost comes off as if the the only thing you see in that person is room for improvement or where they could be corrected or what they're doing wrong versus acknowledging and giving them a round of applause for things that they're doing right. Like you can't always come to somebody with, hey man, well I know <laughs> I know I'm not doing this right, but this is what you should be doing too. Like <laughs> after a certain point, mm-hmm. like you, you really have to dial it back just a little bit and realize that you don't always have to be the teacher. You don't always have to be the one for correction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just say, hey, you know what I see you did this right I appreciate you for what you're doing I appreciate you for this growth like some form of acknowledgement because the the easiest way to get somebody to quit any type of relationship whether it's a job marriage whatever is by never acknowledging the good things they have going on and only talking about Mm. where they can improve because it just disconnects you from the people that you care about so Make sure you give them some praise too. Balance it out. Mm-hmm. And bro, I think it's going to it's easier to praise people when you're actually living what you're talking about mm-hmm. too. Like it's when you talk about like people who only look at the bad and stuff, that's people that to me, those are people that don't actively practice the good. So it's not as easy for them to recognize the good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like trying to formulate my thought on this one, but 
Yeah, I think generally that's the main issue. And, and, and one thing I think about to consider, like, do you know how many people that most people deal with that don't do none of this work? Mm. You know, how many times you have somebody telling you you're wrong and they're just as wrong as you, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you're not in a position to really <laughs> validate that or anything. So it's like you deal with that so much and, and adding the fact that we're so connected that it's so easy to also find a bunch of people that generically just support whatever bullshit mm-hmm. you want at the time too. Like it's the climate is set up to be very difficult to get mm-hmm. to this point because a lot of times when you're focused on when you're focusing on self accountability you're really doing that by yourself like mm-hmm. we are a really lucky circle because we have a group of dudes and 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 our family members mm-hmm. people we're close to that are constantly working on improving themselves and improving how they communicate and improving how they talk to other people improving how they understand things how they see the world so on and so forth but the majority of the world is not doing that Mm-mm. it's a lonely you know? sport so <laughs> it really is like it, it, if you're not if your focus is not prioritized around being the best version of yourself it's going to be very difficult because all you're going to see is everything else everybody's doing wrong that you need to stop doing yourself Mm -hmm. you know and (laughs) that's a whole different bag because i like i know like i still have some of those phases sometimes where it's like i'll look at somebody do some stuff and i'm like man are you serious Mm -hmm. like why Mm -hmm. like but now what what i'm doing there is i'm holding them to my expectations based on where i'm at today so I'm looking down on you because I'm like, yo, I'm here and here is easy. Why aren't you here? But, <laughs> but I'm forgetting all them years of, of, of unpacking I had to do, all the relationships I had to cut off, all the, all the conversations I had to limit, how many times I had to go back and correct myself and so on and so forth. All that work that that person probably hadn't even started yet. You know, because they don't even know that that's the direction they need to go. All they know is what's been done to them, what's mm-hmm. been said to them, blah, blah, blah. In their mind, they really are still right. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's funny? Like, um, I was thinking, I told you I was reading that book, that manipulative, uh, that book, and like the dark triad. And um, one thing that the that I read was uh, within that dark triad I think it was underneath like the nar- narcissist or it might have been the um, anybody that's a manipulator one thing that stood out from like our conversation too is they said the manipulator or the narcissist will always 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 find something wrong with you mm-hmm. and instead of uh, looking inward and it's never going to be inward the, the problem is always going to be with you so that's like a, a trait of like a narcissist narcissist and manipulative person mm-hmm. and they would just like imagine like if, if you you know if you did like great on on uh, one of the examples was like you did great on putting this portfolio together right before those perfect papers pristine you have everything right order everything like that that person's going to come up and be like you know you got a paper clip on that one piece of paper though, right like, you know, that one that one page on uh oh, I think it was 13 it got a little crinkle on that one so like that nothing can be perfect you know what I mean or nothing that you do can be right so it's like they're the the manipulative person always gonna find something wrong with you and never take like that level of accountability mm-hmm. now don't take it for face value as like you're dating <laughs> a narcissist or somebody that's being manipulative a lot now this is like what I'm reading is, is on a whole nother level like this is like their whole being but in our small traits then we all carry these traits in a sense like that but just, just a little segue because I don't you know people listen and take it oh. 
<laughs> I was listening to the floors of ours and they told me you're a manipulator. <laughs> you're a narcissist. <laughs> like, you know I listen because X said it. He's a high fiver. <laughs> he knows. But it's like, you know, you, you don't don't take it that far. But it's but there are these small little traits and and, and honestly somewhere along the line maybe you do maybe you do need to pay attention to it you know because then that might show you another way of a person but that that argues again going against the person that's being open and taking accountability too but it's just that that stood out to me too it's like man like we are we have to say we as people not as a whole like mm-hmm. have a big big problem with like just accountability and like in everything man it's 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 not just the relationships i know we get a, li- a lot very heavy on relationships here because it's it's just something we deal with every day it's mainstream it, yeah it mm-hmm. is it is you know it's the most like really a lot of episodes that that go up are relationship based you know what i'm saying but <laughs> it, it's everywhere but it's it's real life at the same time like you just not a day that you don't go out and engage in some type of relationship and in, in a sense so it's it that's why it's not that it's it's always just mainstream it is but it's like we deal with this on a real life real mm-hmm. life daily basis and there are people that want to learn and be better at navigating through relationships and everything like that but there's that that big manipulate thing just stuck out to me it's like cause I was just reading like a whole chapter on that and it was going on like persuasive like uh, one thing I, I'll bring it up later but it's like um, it was uh, what was it persuasion versus uh, manipulation and the difference between that and um like I said, I'll save that for for another episode. But it was just the main thing between the two is persuasion takes somebody's uh, feelings and how they feel and what they believe into account versus manipulation takes more is not taking anybody's feelings into account and it, it's it's lying, getting saying what you can say to get things to happen your way. And persuasion doesn't have any type of lying or an invention in it. It's already just taking what you believe, incorporating what they believe, and just trying to genuinely make you, you know, come this way. Opposed mm. to just, I'm going to say whatever I can say to get you to do what I want mm. you to believe. It's your weak ass. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, there's that. Bro, if you, I mean, when you think about it, like some of the things that we've talked about when it comes to society today and all that stuff like we've bred narcissism mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like maybe mm-hmm. like I don't think as many people that we see being called narcissists uh, today on social media and stuff are actually narcissistic but at the same time there are a lot of um there's a lot of narcissistic components that mm-hmm. we've all just casually adapt, adapted. Like, you know, when we going back to our conversations about ego, like mm-hmm. that is a little bit of narcissism in that. The fact mm-hmm. that we hold so many people that have done nothing to say that, hey, I want to be a part of this. Like we hold them to our standards and our expectations before even considering or having that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we go into relationships like that. Well, oh, I like this person. Jump right into it. But we have all these standards that we had set in place that we just ain't talked about yet but they mm-hmm. there <laughs> you about to run into them right. you know <laughs> yep. yep and that's just that's that's where we at as a whole so it's like you really have to work to not be these type of people at this point in time mm-hmm. you know cause it's just everything's lined up to make it so easy for you to fall into those pockets yeah not for real realness man like so, we all we all the small traits. We all share very similar traits to it. So it's not it's not far. Reading this book has shown me it's not far off to why somebody will be considered a narcissist or why that that term will get used so loosely. But you know, reading into it is like you no, know, it's a little more than just mm-hmm. you know somebody always trying to point out that they're right. You know, that's that's kind of just basic. I mean, we covered that earlier, so mm-hmm. it's a loose term. 
But um, I think with that main subject, man, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, thank God for rocking with us. Um, you know, we'll we'll be back definitely, definitely. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, and ask yourself, what you know, what's wrong with being wrong? Are you okay with being wrong? Are you a person that can accept being wrong? And can you do better? I believe you can. If you listen to this, you definitely can be. If you've been listening to this, you definitely can be. But um, last minute shout outs before we, before we dip out, fellas. Shout out. You know what? I've never done a shout out for the job. Shout out to my job for letting me work from home. Hey, Y'all are real MVP. <laughs> I can spend more time with my family <laughs> and have energy. So shout out to my job this week. Okay. Okay. The usual shout out to the family. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the wife. Uh, she don't know, but she about to have a meal tonight. Gang. Courtesy of your boy. So, Gang. you know, everybody's been making me feel good. So I'm going to do my best to make everybody else feel good. So my God. that's all I got. My God, my God. Yeah, and shout out to, of course, the family, my wife. And then to you guys yeah, that are listening and helping us grow. Just always shout out to y'all. We're always going to be you know, grateful for it as well. As always, the floor is ours. Vibe up and we out. Okay. Woo! Oh God! Flex, flex. Flex, flex. Flex, flex. I'll be flexing. Straight finessing Hold it down for a nigga, don't be stressing Count that money to the ceiling, it's a blessing Oh, what a blessing Cause I be flexing I be jigging, I be jigging Straight finessing Hold it down for a nigga, don't be stressing Count that money to the ceiling, it's a blessing Oh, what a blessing I'm back with my bullshit, bitch A nigga is all in The way that I'm fucking your bitch It's not a surprise that shorty keep calling I'm on a road, making these plays, getting to the bread, I'm serious Walking the money, trying to trip, my definition, I'm amphibious Black diamonds, white pretentious shit, folks lame, boy, piteous Shorty claim that she love me, but she love me more when I'm in shit Flex, flex Hey, watch me flex, shawty Running up all this cash, don't you forget it, shawty Flex, flex Then VVS is shawty How they gleam around my neck, shit tell you hold that I be flexing I be jigging, I be jigging, straight finessing Hold it down for a nigga, don't be stressing. Count that money to the ceiling, it's a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. Cause I be flexing. I be jigging, I be jigging, straight finessing. Hold it down for a nigga, don't be stressing. Count that money to the ceiling, it's a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. Woo! Oh, God. Let me more when I'm in the shit.